So good evening, family. Uh, everyone that is logging on or any point in time that you're joining us, uh, watching the replay, uh, thank you for being a part tonight. We want to say thank you to Miss Tracy and Tramel for having us in their home tonight. They're awesome. Thank yeah. out of them. Uh, Miss Tracy really hooked it up with the food. Uh, but this is how it typically goes. I fast until after it's all done. So they're all very having a good time being blessed. I'm just sitting here uh, hungry and wanting. But, <laughs> but God is good. So, so thank you for joining us. Ephesians chapter 5 is where we're going to be reading from tonight. And uh, before we do, we want to speak a blessing over this home. And I uh, just want to take a time, some time right now to just pray over each other. So any prayer requests in the room tonight? Anything going on we need to pray about? Or for anyone or for anything at all? Is recovery for Ms. Joanne. Yes. She's home Joanne Brandis is home. Okay, hallelujah. Right, already home. God is good. Okay. Okay, thank the Lord. So, uh, Mr. Wayne, we rejoice with you that uh, God is your healer and uh, and, got, and already got you home. Praise God for that. Um, I don't know how much this I can disclose, but um, Pastor Ed, if you remember Pastor Ed Dopel, we had been praying for his wife, Ruth, had a pretty major surgery happening recently. And, um, and thank God, she's home and recovering as well. It was pretty serious there for a moment, but thank you, Jesus. God is good. So, uh, praise God for that. And then... Um, uh, just, uh, I think of the good news, right, Brenda, in terms of uh, Brad's grandmother. Yes? Yeah. So I don't know how much we can disclose, but just... Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. She, okay, it was yeah. something pretty serious, and in the end, God worked a miracle. I mean, literally, in, in a matter of days, a miracle began to happen, right? So so we rejoice in that. We, and uh, Kelly, Brad, we rejoice with you for just the healing power that uh, your grandmother's experiencing. So praise the Lord. All right, let's take a moment. Let's pray. And then we're going to get into Ephesians chapter 5. So... Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we have together because it's in these moments where we are not just reading your word, but studying your word, uh, meditating on your word, really trying to grasp the understanding of what it means for us today in 2023. Father, I thank you that your word is life and it is it, the revelations that we will receive tonight as we discuss and just commune with each other. Your word will do what it does and it's sharp so it will cut things from our life and it will expose things in our lives. Ultimately, it will help us to be more Christ-like in our daily walk. Lord, let this time just be fun, that be filled with joy, laughter, but correction where necessary. We thank you for, again, just the healing power that we've seen on display even this week. Sister Joanne, we rejoice in your healing and we thank God, thank God that you're going to continue to walk in perfect health moving forward. Thank you, Father, for the miracles that you performed for both uh, Miss Ruth, Pastor Ed's wife, and even for Brad's grandmother. And God, we believe in these last days we're going to see miracle after miracle uh, just pointing to who you are, the, the healing God, the present God, the powerful God. And everything submits to the name of Jesus. Every sickness, disease, every demon, it all submits to the name of Jesus. And we praise you for that the authority that we have through Christ. We also just pray tonight blessings upon this home. Thank you, Miss Tracy Tramel, for opening your home to us. We believe that God is here. His presence is here. I felt it when I walked in the room, ladies and gentlemen, felt the presence of God here. And heard Fred Hammond singing his praises in the background. So thank you, Lord. Bless our time together. May it be fruitful. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. So Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 1 through 21. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And then we'll uh, kind of start to break it down. And, of course, I have questions for those that are in the room. So uh, let's make sure we're discussing. And anyone online, please feel free to chime in at any point in time. Put your comments um, in the comment section. Pastor Olga is right here with me, so she can kind of let me know what everyone is saying. But let's get into this. Ephesians 5. 
So here's how it, here's how it starts off in, in the NLT. It says, imitate God, or be imitators of God. I'm sure with different translation we're looking at. Pastor Rogue, what does the new King James say right there? Therefore, be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. Imitate God in everything you do because you are his dear children. Verse 2, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. That, that verse is so cool. We'll, we'll get into that in just a moment. Verse 3, let there be no, here we go, sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Wow, that kind of hits home for some of us, doesn't it? Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. It's got an exclamation mark in, in my reading here. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Uh, how do you have that, Pastor Rogan, the New King James? Well, verse 10? 10. Yeah, 10. Wow. No, no, sorry. It's so it. good she lost away. <laughs> I'm reading along because I'm trying to read my version. Um, verse 10 yes. says, that's 11, sorry. For the fruit of the Spirit. Is that verse 10? I read it. Go ahead. Yes, please. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Thank you. Ms. Vidi, what version are you reading? Uh, Okay, English Standard Version. Okay. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Okay, so discovering, discerning, uh, trying to determine what pleases the Lord. Okay, I just want to make sure we have those different translations because it's. Uh, I feel like that 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 isn't just a, oh sure whatever whatever will be will be. No, there's a a careful decision on my part to to try to seek after to discern to to determine God what is what is. What pleases you in my daily life? Uh, verse 11, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, here we go, expose them. See, these verses are hard-hitting, y'all. <laughs> it is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. Can I get an amen? <laughs> but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Ms. Vidi, can you read me what you got in 17? 17? Yeah. Yes. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what is the will of the what the will of the Lord is. Okay, Pastor Olga, can you read me 17? Yeah. Therefore do not be unwise, mm -hmm. but understand what is the will of the Lord. So again, this this understanding, this 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 teaching here is letting us know we we need to discern, determine, understand what the will of the Lord is. Verse eighteen. Here we go. And this is the one you hear me quote all the time. Don't be drunk with wine, uh, because that will ruin your life. This is NLT. Pastor, I'm going to tell me what you got there for for uh, verse eighteen. All right. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dis. I can't. Your writing is so small. Dispositation? 
Dissipation? Yes. Okay, is that what you got there? Okay. Be filled with the okay. spirit. Miss Vita, what do you got over there? Oh, mine is better. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's good to you. Yeah. I mean the word. Do you have do you have debauchery? Yeah. Do you have the word debauchery? Okay, yes. Do not get drunk with wine for it is debauchery. Yes. Be filled with the spirit. Okay, so this makes it this modern English version tells us because it will ruin your life. Okay. okay. Debauchery. We'll talk about debauchery in just a moment, okay? Someone's asking what is the best Bible to purchase. So in terms of uh, one that you can understand is the best yeah. Bible to purchase. King okay. James, but. No, no, so King I love King James. I grew up on King James, but most of us don't speak King James anymore. And uh, NLT, um, yes. English Standard, I think Ms. Vitti's using, right? The ESV you're using? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I use the, the New if, Living Translation. New, that's the NLT, New Living Translation. So there are multiple translations. What I love to use is, is, a, is a website called BibleHub.com. BibleHub actually has, what it will do is you type in a verse and it will give you multiple translations of that verse. NIV, NLT, King James, New King James, ESV, the Amplified, the Aramaic translation of Scripture. It's, it's beautiful in terms of, if you're not fully certain, um, which translation should I use? Now, this is the this is just so everyone is we're clear. Okay, English is a big language. Okay, and so let's not get so caught up in the semantics of the words in terms of uh, well, which translation is the best because it's English. Okay, yeah. and 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 so the important thing is is that I'm getting that word in my heart. All right, and so I want to encourage yes, get a Bible. But if you're curious as to what other translations say, BibleHub.com. That's free. Okay, yeah, you can download the app as well, the BibleHub app, and look up one verse and. We'll give you multiple translations of that verse. And when I say translations, I mean the the different Bible translations that exist. Okay, not just any kind of random translation. I got to be careful what I say about that. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. This is great. Thank you for that for that question. So don't be drunk with wine because it'll ruin your life. Or there's, I think I can't remember what Pastor Olga said, but the debauchery is, is the word we got there. Dissipation. Okay. Um, and then ultimately. Instead, here it is, this is what you always hear me quote, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Singing psalms and hymns, and i got to be careful how I say this next verse because I messed it up years ago, and <laughs> spiritual songs. Okay, Years ago, I said spiritual thongs. Okay? And then a church service. And an actual church service. And I tried to just bypass it, and I couldn't. And I had to acknowledge it, and then everybody just laughed for like, I'm not kidding, like three minutes. We just laughed. So at that point, the service, I just, I lost everyone. I had to take an offering and dismiss the service. So <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, of course. But yeah, I was red-faced for a moment. I really was. Okay. Spiritual songs is what the scripture says, not what I said. Uh, but but singing, uh, singing the psalms, the hymns, spiritual songs amongst yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21 is where we'll, we'll conclude here tonight. And further, submit to one another. Woo, that's a tough word. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Pastor Olga, can you give me what do you have for 21? Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Okay, and Ms. Vidi, what do you have for 21? Um, oh, yeah. I have uh, for um Submitting to one another out of reverence okay. for Christ. Okay. Reverence or the word you use there, Pastor Oak, I'm sorry, for 21? Um, submitting out to one another. Out of fear. Okay. In the fear of God. In the fear of God. Okay. So not, not, not that I'm afraid of, but that, that holy reverence of God. Okay. So let's kind of talk about this a little bit. And, and to the ladies and gentlemen that are in the room, please, you know, help me with it. Let's, let's discuss this a little bit. Um, and Pastor Oak, let me know those who are, are sharing online. So. Sister's watching. 
Who, who's? Hey, good evening, Pastor Jillian uh, Gallardo. I almost called her Becker there. Well, she hasn't been Becker in a long time. 20 years exactly. They had their anniversary uh, two weeks ago. Happy anniversary, Pastor Jillian Gallardo. Sorry. Um, so, oh, first thing I want to see this from, from the top about Ephesians 5 is, is if you read any of Paul's writings, he's, he's hard on certain things. But this is some of his strongest warnings about sin in all, all of his writings, right here in Ephesians 5. I mean, he comes for our sinful nature and the things that we need to avoid, abstain, get away from, not even have fellowship with those who, who live these kind of acts. Don't even talk about their, their acts. This is heavy language. And what I'd like to do here for just a moment, if we can, um, would somebody do me a quick favor and flip to Ephesians 1.5? I'm going to read Ephesians 5.1 again, and then we'll have someone else read me Ephesians 1.5. Michael, you got that there for me? Yeah. Ephesians 1.5. Okay, I'm, let me read 5.1, and then you read 1.5. Because I want, to, I want you to see this cool connection between 5.1 and 1.5. 5.1 right, says this again, imitate God, be imitators of God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Michael, give me 1.5. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Okay, read that one more time, sir, and let's talk about this connection we see between 5.1 and 1.5. Give it to him one more time. In love, he predestined In his love. He predestined us for adoption to sonship. He predestined us to be adopted, basically, as sons, daughters. Okay, and last part of it? In, uh, in accordance with his pleasure and will. Okay, so this was God's design all along. His pleasure, his will for us to not be outside the family, but to be adopted into the family. And his, his great love for us that made us no longer slaves or foreigners, but made us sons and daughters. <clears throat> That's what about his love. So, so... We see that one five. What does five one tell us to do? Imitate God in everything we do because we are His dear children. Everyone kind of catch that connection point there. Let's talk about this for just a moment. What what stands out to you when you read five one and one five? That in His love He predestined us. In, in His love he, he adopted us. In, in His love He He made us sons. And now that we are. <clears throat> Now that we know that, we're to imitate God in everything we do because we are adopted, because we are sons and daughters. So, any connection? Yes, go ahead, Nadia. Talk to me. Um, it just kind of stands out to me because, like, you know, because oh, <laughs> we're, like, born into sin. Yes. So, it's like we're born into sin, so God, like, adopted us out of that. So, that's, like, really cool. Ooh, yes, ma'am. Adopted us out of it. Go ahead, Tramel. Talk to me, sir. Uh, I find it interesting how when he says afterward he adopted us with his will, that we are to represent him and to imitate Christ. I think that's important because if I use it like for my earthly parents, for example, I want to like be able to reiterate how they raised me by the way I live my life. So I think we should wow. do the same. Well that. said. That's good. Well said. Amen, sir. Amen. Any other thoughts? That's that's fantastic. Is there anything online, Pastor? I, have, I have a friend who um, who has been in the process of adoption for two years. Wow. And for two years they've been waiting for their little one. Um, I can't remember what country, but it's overseas. And all this time they have like prepared and mm. made made everything, all the arrangements for these little one to come to their house to be part of their family. And um, and it I it gives me I guess it gives me that sense I mean, somebody who understands adoption or who it, what it is to be adopted would yes. understand what it li what it is to come to a home that has everything for you, a room for you, wow. a, a bed for you, 
stuff with your name on it and all that. And it makes me think like God predestined us. He prepared yes. something yes. for us way beforehand. And, and it's just waiting for like, as he says, waiting for everybody to come to salvation, to not, Amen. you know, for none to die. So he's made a way, a place for all humanity. Yeah. And it's just for humanity to give that step and say, okay, I want to be your son, to be yes. your daughter. Amen. And that it's all arranged. It's there. It's prepared. Hallelujah. That's a great, a great analogy. Yes, sir. So to actually piggyback on what she was saying, that, so like, how she said everything prepared, like, well, God, like, has a plan and a purpose and a will for all of us. And once we get up out of our will, which is, our plan is not going to lead to anything great. Yes, sir. His will and plan for us is way better than ours. Amen. Amen. Well said. I love this idea here of, of being imitators of God. Okay, knowing that he, he loves us so much that he was willing to, to do whatever it took to make us a part of the family. To wait for some of us, he's had to wait a while, right? Let's be honest. Some of us had to, had to wait a little while before we we bought into this idea of be, being a son or daughter of God. But let me let me ask you like this: um, somebody maybe name a person um, that you, as a child, you always were imitating, like like uh, a celebrity or a family MJ. member. You got it? who? MJ. Always oh, imitating MJ. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which MJ? Which MJ? Okay. Oh, Miss Tracy, you you had Michael Jackson's signature down. Like you did, wow. And all, all of his moves, dance, dance moves, and not all the dance. Okay. <laughs> Some of the songs, yeah. But okay. Yeah, okay. Yes, ma'am. Miss Tracy would imitate uh, Michael Jackson. That MJ. Will you talk about Michael Jordan? Goat. Okay. <laughs> the other MJ. Yeah. Michael Jordan. Okay. Michael Jordan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, but uh, but somewhere along the way, Michael, you just though you might have the skill, you just didn't have no, quite the height. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no height. Yeah, yeah that was it. It's the only thing you couldn't imitate. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone else? Any? any Justice, who would you imitate, my guy, when you were a child? Like, would you? Because Justice used to do these like like he could like imitate voices, like cartoon characters, and it was so good. He, I, I wish we would recorded him because he could like do almost anything. But. That's perfect pitch. Yes. What you got, my guy? <laughs> I don't have any particular. I've imitated so many. Yeah, it was it was great. Okay, yeah, right on. Anyone else at all? Anyone that you would imitate? So my my hero was my grandfather, and I still remember what we do is we would rotate. Uh, and Pastor Julian Stone, she can verify this. We would rotate the the night we got to stay at Grandpa's house. So whether it was you know one week was me, or next week my brother, or next week it was my sister, and the nights I'd get to stay at his house, well they were the best. But what I would do is before Grandpa would preach, because he was my first pastor, and Grandpa was a worshiper. I mean, he would just go in and he had these little moves and you know, a little shotgun thing he'd be doing, and and just like, and so I remember in particular one service. I remember it, the entire service, whatever I saw him doing, I would do. Okay, so the way he was praising God, he started jumping, I would start jumping. The way he'd hallelujah, I would hallelujah. I was like six years old, but I still remember it to this day because it stuck with me that I want to, I want to be like him one day. I want to love God the way. He does, and plus I knew I was going to stay there at his house, so I was like, "Hey, I'm going to win any brownie points I can here, man. Do anything I can, like Grandpa." Uh, but it's always stuck out of my mind to be imitators of God. Does that mean I'm looking on what I see Him do, and I'm, I'm, I'm responding to, I'm repeating what I see from His nature, from 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 His words, from His 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 conduct? I I don't do anything different, and I was literally trying to do everything I saw Grandpa do. Nothing different, nothing varied, exactly the way. I saw Grandpa do it. For me, that's kind of how that verse has always played out. Let me look on my Heavenly Father and imitate that same 
uh, exact way. So anyone else in the room, tell me maybe what does it mean for you to, to imitate God? Uh, and does that does it feel impossible maybe sometimes? Or does it maybe feel like it's empowering? Like I get to imitate God. This is awesome. Go ahead, Nadia. Talk to me. Um, I would say like sometimes with like Im- imitating God, like it can be hard. And so sometimes like I'll pray like, Lord, decrease me and like increase like you. Wow. Like in my life, and like I always like notice a difference. Like every time I pray that. Wow! Every time you pray that, you notice a difference, Mm -hmm. just in in the way you think, the way you acted. Sometimes, like I know I would have gotten mad, and like I like just like won't get mad at someone. I'm like, oh, okay, I remember I prayed that. I prayed to imitate God. Yeah. So I didn't like lose it on them. Yeah. Punch them in the mouth. Play worship music instead. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Anyone else? Tell me, what does it mean for you to imitate God and? Does that feel impossible, or does it feel empowering to know that I can imitate it? Go ahead, Pastor. Um, it just reminds me of growing up. We used to wear those. What would Jesus WWJD? Uh, I you, you know, I, for some reason, I thought you were going to say MC Hammer pants. But oh. Okay, yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't know why. I don't know why I was thinking. I'm sorry. <laughs> those two. Um, but I remember. I still to this day because we wore those for so many years. I still to this day like ask myself, okay. Not 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 like Oga, but what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do in the situation? Be Jesus, don't be Oga. And so it's just good reminders. That's awesome. Kind of like Nadia's saying, I gotta pray that yeah. I decrease yeah. so that Christ can increase Absolutely. in my life. So anyone else, any other thoughts about that just in terms of what does it mean to imitate God and and when, again, when you think about that, does that feel like, man, is it possible for me to do this? Or do you feel like I'm empowered? I can I can imitate God in my responses to things, my in my reactions. Yeah, you go ahead. So please stop. I think with um, imitating Christ, it gives us kind of like a good challenge because, of course, as humans, we're flawed and we're not going to be exactly like Christ, but right. especially with how I kind of am built, I feel more invested when I'm like building to something or going towards a goal. Okay. So I think with the idea that maybe I won't reach that goal until he comes back okay. for uh, all of his children, it kind of gives me something to keep striving to get better at as I go through my life. That, well, that's awesome. Okay. So in terms of, because uh, you seem more goal-oriented in, in life anyway, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure Mama trained you to be that way, yeah. uh, be goal-oriented. Mm-hmm. And, and when you read this verse, that becomes a goal. Mm-hmm. Let me imitate Christ in, in, or at least the areas of my life that I'm not yet imitating Christ. I can, I can reach for, strive for, that's good. And do you feel empowered, Tramel, I guess, from that sample? When you yeah. read this verse, you don't feel discouraged or like, I can't do this. No, I think it, because like, I've always been the kind of person throughout my life where you tell me, that I can't do something, it like kind of makes me want to prove that person. <laughs> so I guess in telling myself, oh, you're saying you want to imitate Christ, it's never going to happen. It's just like, well, watch let's me. see yeah. how close we can get. You know? That's good. Boom, watch me, watch me. We well, yeah, come on, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well said, sir. Okay. Any other thoughts before we kind of move on? Yeah, go ahead. This is my last time. No, no, okay, hey, this is what um, we're doing. Yeah. For, well, I have something different. So for okay. me, like, as I'm doing it, it doesn't feel empowering to me yeah. just because, like, in that moment, like, because it's like our flesh, it's not easy to like imitate God. So for me, it's more of like you. I'm making the decision to like make a sacrifice wow, or whatever. Yeah. But then like the after result feels like empowering. But like during the thing, like I don't feel like empowered. It's more of like I have to constantly remind myself like this is me like picking up my cross or whatever. Or awesome. Like that. Oh, well said. And and I would probably you know dare to guess Nadia that a lot of Christians feel the same way you do in those moments where it's like yeah. oh I want to be me so bad right yeah. now and oh I can't yeah. so I, I need to be Christ in this situation I need to be godlike in this situation that's good that's good good thoughts everybody okay unless there's nothing else let me move on let's look at verses three and four for just a moment here okay so three and four read this way again 
Let there be no sexual immorality, no impurities, no greed. Or I think some of you might have idolatry, right? Are we looking at idolatry? We looking at what are we looking at for verse three? What does someone else read? Um, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. Okay, what? Well, keep going. Impurity. Uh, Impurity. Impurity. Greed. Okay, so it does say greed. Ms. B, is your translation say greed as well? Uh, it says covetousness. Okay. Covet. Yeah, covet. Yeah. So we're, we're looking at we're looking at a good King James word. Yeah, covet. Yeah, covetousness. I want to make sure. Is that what you got too passionate about? Covetousness. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So in in some respects, covetousness and greed can almost have a two different uh, implications. Greed being I'm just I'm hoarding what is mine. I'm not sharing what is mine. Covetousness being yes, I'm coming. I want someone else's. I'm coveting what someone else has, what someone else belongs. So, so I think that, yes, and this is where, again, Bible translation might vary in terms of, of the, in this case, I guess it's the Greek that is being translated into English. Um, but, but look at the next verse. Whatever that, whatever that is, it's such sins have no place amongst God's people. Okay, So whatever that is, it doesn't belong. If we call ourselves imitators of God, children of God, then these things don't have any place in our in our lives obscene stories okay uh foolish talk coarse jokes and uh, i think michael and i we, we can we can we can speak to this here for just a moment because we get what this means uh some of us were raised around uh, a little bit more lewd humor yes. a little more rude humor uh we don't have any problem taking jabs at each other but we realize when we see this here okay this really isn't for us Okay. The the idea of it just almost those jokes tearing down, right? Not edifying, not building. It's one thing to have some fun. It's another thing when when I'm belittling someone, okay? Or, or again, the joking goes beyond just laughing. Now it becomes um, uh, obscene and, and coarse in, in its nature. And it's like this isn't for us. Instead, thankfulness to God. So there's a, there's a flip side to this, if you will, okay? And so in these verses here, three and four in particular, I just want to focus on these for just a moment. What is happening here is, is Paul's giving us these, these sins that are clearly, strictly prohibited. And what he's doing is he's stating that <clears throat> these things have place in the world, but they don't have place with God, amongst God's people. So here's my question. Why are, they, why are these issues still prevalent within Christendom today? Why are we still seeing Christians you know, committing sexual morality, committing impurity, being greedy or covetous? Why are we still seeing Christians... You know, telling stupid jokes, talking foolishly. Why do we see these things still happening in Christendom today? If for the last two thousand years, it has been clear to us these things should not be among God's people. Any thoughts about that, please? I think because they have accepted Jesus as their Savior, but not as their Lord. Okay. So they feel like they can still live any kind of way they want to live. Oof. Um, they don't have to. Preach, preacher. Woo. Miss Trace, you're actually leading into something I'm going to ask her in just a moment as well. So the idea of being, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, but I'm not going to make him Lord of my mouth, Lord of my sexuality, Lord of my greed, Lord of my impurity. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to use him enough to get me to heaven. But in this life, he's not going to be my, my leader, my master, okay, my king. Okay. Wow, that's well said, ma'am. Any other thoughts on that? Yes, ma'am, please. I think it's a root of like pride. Mm -hmm. and stuff is to be like um, oh well I, I feel like I can do this like I don't really care like what he says and stuff like, it's like a root of just like pride so. pride telling me I'm, I'm, I can live however I want mm -hmm. wow 
And that's what rose up in Lucifer's heart. And that's what got Lucifer kicked out of heaven. <laughs> Any other thoughts on that? Why, why are we still seeing it prevalent in Christian? I mean, I'm just, I, don't, I, I want to say that carefully because I don't want anyone to think that I'm assuming everybody is, is doing those things. But, uh, but why do we still see it within Christian? Pedro, go ahead. I would say that um, if like new believers don't really read the Bible, mm -hmm. they might not even know what they're doing is wrong. Yes, right. Absolutely. And how many churches are we seeing even, even in modern times that don't even preach about sin? I mean, they talk about God's love, talk about God's grace, but they, they don't even touch on these issues. And then they leave Christians in ignorance. Baby Christians in ignorance because they have no idea. Oh, you mean I, what do you mean I can't do that? What do you mean I can't watch that? What do you mean I can't talk that way? I got, you know, I've, I've talked to new baby Christians praying before they have sex outside of marriage. They had no idea. I just, I just thought I was supposed to pray. He's like, you're not even supposed to do that. Oh, what? what? <laughs> I had no idea. Because churches are leaving them in ignorance here in America. Other thoughts? I'm sorry, please. Go ahead. Yes. I think it's also a matter of the heart. You know, like, well, pride, you know, like, I think it's, it's all of it. You know, um, ignorance, you know, uh, the Bible says, um, my people perish due to the lack of knowledge. Yes. So, um, you know, but it's also a matter of the heart, you know, like, where where am I really, you know, with the Lord? You know, like, with, with my children, or even with me, you know, when my mom, you know, would tell me, hey, that's wrong. <laughs> You know, I would feel this, like, you know, like, sinking feeling and of, oh, my God, you know, like, I did something wrong, sure. you know, and, and then I, I wouldn't do it again. Um, you know, and sometimes we don't have that. It comes over to the Lordship, you know, like, yes. it, it, like it's, it's all of it. And, and it's like, okay, you know, where, where is my heart, you know, and, and you know, am I being, um, um, you know, taught, you know, right? Yes. And is someone actually telling me, hey, you know what, as a new believer, Yes. You know, I, don't, I don't believe that. You know, the word says, you know, so it's... it's you know, well said, ma'am. And yeah. I want to say this. I'm sorry, Trinola, you're serious, but I just want to say this. I never want to be condemning when I'm teaching a, a, yeah. a new Christian about their walk with God. Okay? I, I want to be corrective, and I want to help them, but I never want them to feel like, oh, man, I'm, I'm condemned for what I've done. Because uh, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1. And so we're trying to teach, we're trying to correct, but we are not trying to condemn. And so even, even if somebody's been in church for 30 years and they get caught up in something, it's like, I, I want to help you get out of it. My job is to help restore you, not condemn you. Satan is doing enough of that. Your, your own guilt is doing enough of that. I want to help restore you back to right relationship with God. Tramiel, you want to speak to that too, sir, please? Oh, I think another important thing as to why um, some Christians fall into that sin, especially new believers, is that... The reason that God gave us these commandments of things not to do is because there's a reason for doing so. Like, for example, he tells us to not indulge in sexual immorality. There are plenty of different reasons and consequences of sure. indulging in that behavior. Same for greed and all the other sins that you want to talk about. But I think not enough people see the rules as a form of protection, but they see it as like bondage say that again sir please say that again if someone put that in the chat rules as bondage rather than just you know something that guides them Ooh, protects them Ooh, you are preaching sir my god let's make sure that's in the chat that was fire right there i love that uh, tramel i think you used the word that i'm getting ready to use in just a moment consequences the consequences of 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 sin what does that look like and so Let's look at these. Uh, let's look at these next couple of verses real quick. Five, six, and seven, because these hit hard. You can be sure. Here's the consequence Tremel was talking about: that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God, of Christ, and of God. So wait, wait. 
the consequences are if I continue to live this way, I won't inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, I won't inherit the kingdom of Christ. For a greedy person is an idolater, meaning I'm I'm no longer worshiping God. I'm worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall. There it is again, tremendous consequences. The anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Don't participate in the things these people do. All right, I got a couple questions about this. All right, because these, I felt like when I read this earlier, this really hit me hard, and I had to think, even theologically, for just a moment. Uh, for those of you who were raised different denominations, maybe somewhere along the way you were taught that once you are saved, you are always saved. Like the blood of Jesus is enough, his sacrifice is enough. So once you accepted Christ, you are you are eternally secure, you get to go to heaven, and that's that. Now, I love that theology up to the point where, but what happens if after I accept, accept Christ, I choose to go back to these very things that Paul said I should have nothing to do with. They, they shouldn't be part of my life. So, so when Christian denominations will claim that once you're saved, you're always saved, here's my question. Is that doctrine? Supported or contradicted by the verses that we just read. Okay, I, I'm just I want to hear from you. The, does the once saved always saved that theology is that supported by verses five, six, and seven, or is that a contradiction, if you will, to these verses here? So, any thoughts on that? Go, Miss Vidi. She's ready. The theologian, no, Vidi Ortega, is ready. No, I just personally like I can I can tell like in my walk with the Lord all these years. There has been a level of like seeing my brothers and sisters that have been mature in the Lord and imitating their life when it came to godliness that gave me a perspective of what I needed to do when I was young in the faith and I didn't know what it was to be led by the Spirit. Yeah. But I think when it comes to the point in life when you become in tune with Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit leads you out of different things in your walk with the Lord, there comes a point where, just like us in parenthood, you know, like when Holy Spirit is telling us about yes. that one thing, whether it's idolatry, <laughs> you're buying too much stuff, stuff yeah. you don't need, yeah, yeah. or hey, like you need to stop touching your boyfriend, girlfriend yeah. that way, Come like, on. that's not Come okay, on, <laughs> you know, and nobody knows, but yeah. God knows, Yes. you know, God knows what's happening in our hearts when he's convicting us about something, and when we refuse to listen or we look the other way, what's happening is a separation. Yes. Again, a separation again. And, and we feel it. Like, I have felt it. The time that I have decided to be disobedient, I have felt the distance between God and me. And when there's no relationship, yes. where's the salvation? So this, yeah. is a, this is a definitely a thing that is very personal. And God has given us an opportunity to reflect. Yes. Just, you know, to do what David said, Lord, search my heart. Yeah. And if you see anything in it that, you know, just take it away, cleanse, yeah. cleanse me. Yeah. And so I think it's a, in, in a time, only us and God knows where right. we are being disobedient. Yeah. And we could fake it with other believers, <laughs> but only we know if there's a true relationship. And when we stand before him, what is the thing that he's going to say? Or people say like you're gonna you did all this and that you you prophesied you yeah. you know you you deliver people but I never knew you what yeah. does that mean yeah yes, that's a relationship thing yeah yes ma'am and somewhere along the way we can fool ourselves thinking I'm okay with God but yeah. if we are disobedient wow there's a separation Come and on, God preach. knows that preach God knows that Woo. we know that too yes ma'am personally wow well well said yeah. I mean that was bottle that thing up right there that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Any other thoughts on that at all? Yes, Nadi, please. Um, just kind of piggyback what Ms. Vidi was saying. Um, 
I got like this revelation about like a Q-tip the other day. And, okay. Like, I was seeing a video about like why they're saying like it's not good to use Q-tip, and they're saying <laughs> we, use, we use a Q-tip that like you're like pushing the dirt like further. The wax in, further getting, in. Yep. Yeah, yep. but only getting like a, like the surface off. And so I feel like some people may like think that they're saved just because like they said like this prayer, but didn't really actually mean it. Okay. And it's kind of just like something coming off the surface, but it's like you didn't get to the root of like being saved. And I feel like I feel like that conversation is like hard. Like the conversation about like what you ask is like this yeah. verses like, well, fornicators aren't aren't inheriting like the kingdom of heaven, or mm -hmm. like there's verses that say like, um, if you do not enter like a child, like you won't. If you're not childlike, like you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. So it's like hard to know like the balance with that and stuff. So Ab yeah. absolutely. Now I have two questions for you. What are we supposed to use instead of ear swabs? <laughs> <laughs> Anything at all? Just let the waxes grow out? Oh, candles? Okay, to kind of get the wax out. It brings it out. It's for this thing where it has a little camera so you can see it and it's like something super small. Okay. Oh, that's what it was. A business promoting. Don't use Q-tips. Use R. You got something to for me on that? I mean, well, first, other than Q-tips, Peroxide and it will fix it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I had no idea. Or you can use the peroxide, it like, once it's in, it like dissolves. Wow. I had no idea. <laughs> I could, to be really gross, sorry y'all, but I don't know, probably about 15 years ago, I had a situation where I had to go to the hospital. I mean, because I, I clean my ears every day and I was pushing the wax oh, further and further yeah. in. They had to, they had to purge it. Okay, they had, to, I mean, just with heavy water, just purge it. I couldn't walk the next day. I was, my equilibrium was off yeah. completely. But, but he could hear. It was, I could hear. I was like, what is that? Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can understand. Shut your mouth at me. Turn mother. I can hear it. <laughs> I get that. Okay, awesome. Uh, now, I can't, now I can't remember what my second question was. Sorry, but either way. Uh, so, so again, as I look at these verses, okay, and and I want to be careful because I recognize that. We can build doctrine off of so many different scriptures and, and really get, you know, staunch in our position about, I believe this, how dare you believe otherwise. But as I read these verses, I clearly, what God doesn't want us to do, he doesn't want us to live a lifestyle of, of continued sin. That's really what it comes down to, all right? And, and recognizing that though I may make mistakes, I can also make a choice to, to step away from certain lifestyles once and for all and just say, this isn't for me. Okay, that you—that's the way the world lives. That's not the way I'm going to live, moving forward. And so, uh, and I'm, I'm going to need Michael's help here in just a moment with this question, Michael. But as I look at these verses again, five, six, and seven, and maybe anyone else can help me with this here. What sins um, have we watched other Christians excuse in their own lives? And uh, dare I say, what sins have we excused even in our own lives? So, go ahead, Nadia. But without pointing too many people out, is that, what sins do you watch other Christians excuse in their lives? Um, sexual immorality, like sex. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. mm -hmm. Absolutely. God forgives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. What else? What what what, what except uh, sexual sins? What sins periods have we have we heard other Christians make excuses about and say, well, I, I can't. Go ahead, Michael. You good? You good? Anger fits the name. Woo! There you are, Miss Crazy. Hit on it. Yeah, that's just me. No, it doesn't have to be. Come on. Good Lord. I've, I've justified that one sometimes and, and felt the conviction of the Holy Ghost. There was no righteousness to my anger. I was just mad. Right. <laughs> wow. Hey, what other sins have we either seen Christians excuse or looking in the mirror that I've excused in my own life? So, go on, Mike. I know you're ready to say. Drunkenness and addiction. Addictions, right? Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. Absolutely. It, it's easy to excuse, right? Yeah. It, it, either because I feel I need it or speak to it. Good. Yeah. Um, just uh, not. I was talking with some some other people talking about that they wanted to. They knew not to drink, but they would want to take some, like a sip of alcohol, a sip, sip of wine, just to wind down. But they knew that they weren't able to. They would draw to that yeah. rather than to draw to the Holy Spirit. You yes. know, come come off from the whole, yeah, you know, it's cool. Come, some people can't come off from a, 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 a long day's work or whatever, and yeah. you know, and then we get a sip of, a sip of wine, um, to, you know, and relax. And, you know, some people can't you know, because they can, they'll go to it every day and, and just for that. Oh man, I, I'm, I'm stressed out, so let me. Let me yes, sir. Drink. Well, yes, I'm stressed out. Let me smoke a little joint, you know. Yes, sir. And it's crazy because once it started, once um, we started becoming legal, it was like, well, um, you know, give Caesar what Caesar's, and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, like let's yes, obey sir. the law. But the law says it's fine. And I'm like, I'm like, come on, man, let's be with that. No, and that, that's that's not. Call that's it out, not, sir. That's, that's not, the excuses that's what, we make. That's not. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, that's the. I mean, uh, prostitution is legal in what part of the... Uh, Sin City? Yeah. Uh, Vegas. Yeah, Vegas, right? Okay. So <laughs> that is a... Sin City. Yeah, wait, wait a second. Okay, just because it's legal doesn't mean it's holy. Okay, doesn't mean God wants us to, to engage in it. And so, and, and vice versa, just because it's, it's illegal, okay? Because at some point in time, it will be illegal for preachers in America to preach against sin. That doesn't mean I shouldn't do it. No, I'm willing to go to, to, to jail for it if I have to. Uh, because I still have to preach the, the whole counsel of God's word. So I'm not trying to make anyone expose themselves. I'm just mm -hmm. simply saying it's easy to make excuses. Yeah, go ahead, Pastor. Courtney has a really good comment. Okay. Thank you, Court. Uh, we're always wrestling in our hearts and the flesh, even though our spirit may be saved. We work on our flesh every day. That's right. Or at least I do. Good job, Court. At least she does. I'm still growing. I didn't realize the things that I was doing was not acting in obedience and submission. The enemy loves ignorance. Preach that, sister. The more we dig deep with the Lord, the more our eyes are opened and our convictions get stronger the closer we are to the heart of the Father. When that happens, the more we want to submit our flesh and be obedient. Wow, good preaching right there. Go ahead, Court. Amen. And, and it, I get for all of us, I just want to make this clear. It's easy to justify anything that we've been doing for a while, things that we don't want to give up, um, whatever that might be. And yet the Spirit of God is, is going to constantly, according to saying, He's going to deal with us. He's going to convict us. And draw us back to truth. So, uh, real quick, let's look at verses uh, 8 to 14, and then I kind of want to wrap this up around 18 to 21. But 8 to 14. So, this whole thing here, 8 to 14, what it's doing is it's, it's telling us as followers of Jesus, we're not to walk in darkness, we're to be the light. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Then he told us, You are the light of the world. And so, Paul is, is taking what he heard from Jesus, say, well, obviously, what Christ said in the Beatitudes, and he's telling us that. We, too, need to walk in light in this world around us. So, uh, someone tell me just real quick, what, uh, for those of us who are just sometimes at night, we just get too lazy to turn on the lights. What happens when you walk in a dark room, typically? What happens? <laughs> Running into stuff, stubbing a toe, uh, uh, twisting an ankle, uh, busting your shin open. Uh, yeah, all of a sudden, you're saying words you probably shouldn't say because you just uh, you're, you're, you you chose to walk in darkness, right? You you made the decision yeah. to walk in darkness, and then bad things begin to happen. Now now you're swearing about those bad things that happened because uh, you chose to walk into a dark room. Are you and anyone ever fallen because you you just walked into a dark room and anyone have those kind of issues? Tripped and just fell and no, okay, all right. But for the most part, we realize what happens when we walk 
in dark places. So walking in the light doesn't simply mean that I need to avoid walking in darkness. Paul goes further. He actually says that we should expose the works of darkness. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How, what does that look like for us to do that in 2023? What does it look like for us to expose the works of darkness? What does that, what does that mean? What does that look like? Someone talk. Go ahead, Ms. Vidi. I'm ready. Yeah. This. I, I don't think it's so much as pointing at somebody else's bad stuff, but looking at, a, at the mirror, like James says, and and not walking away like we and forgetting who we are. Well, so I mm-hmm. think like Holy Spirit will always work with our heart to convict us about things. And sometimes when those things are hard to overcome, it's good to expose them. Yes. I think like I've known so many, including myself, when you speak about them either to God in prayer or to a brother and sister, they come to the light and for some reason they lose power. Like those things lose power Good. in your life. And not only are you aware and making the enemy aware that you're gonna you're gonna conquer that, but also you have people praying for you and helping you in that process of overcoming yes, whatever well that is. So Well said. Amen. Well that's what it does of course. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. I think the comments are coming in a little late. Okay. Delayed. But when you ask what people trip over, <laughs> uh, Edith said tripping over the dogs. Wow. Yep. And Courtney said tripping on Avery's toys. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It happens. Right? But Miss Jessica had a comment. She said to call sin sin and not compromise to accept worldly stuff. That's exposing okay. Good. The darkness. Good. I mean, call it. Yeah. Call Put it your yeah. Yeah. Kind of to piggyback off of what Miss Beauty said about. Um, not so much as pointing the finger on others, but like having the mirror to yourself. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, especially, I'm not gonna say who the friends are, but I have had friends who have come to me to like confide in like something that they're struggling with. Yes, sir. So I think with that, whenever it's that type of sin, especially with stuff like addiction, we said before, the enemy wants to keep you in a place where you feel hopeless or by yourself. Right. So in exposing that, you're able to not only just like kind of get this feeling that you lifted something off your chest that needed to be said, but now you also have a community with you that's going to help you. Amen. Well said, sir. Well said. I want to make this clear. What Paul is writing to, he's not writing to the world. He's writing to believers. Yeah. Okay. And he's letting us know that if I see something in someone else's life, I'm not here to judge them. I'm here to condemn them. But I do need to expose those things as well. Hey, look, Maybe you shouldn't be going here. Maybe you shouldn't be dating this person. Maybe you shouldn't be saying these things. Maybe you shouldn't be acting this way. Uh, because it is, I believe it's part of our job as Christians to help spare our brothers and sisters from the consequences of, of the actions of those sins. And so to expose them doesn't mean I'm putting you on blast and making you feel awful, but saying there's a darkness here, right? There's some dark here. Let's turn the lights on and see what the light does to the darkness. Because if we're all honest, there's different things in our heart that try to hide. Okay, and, and the light that the light exposes that darkness and ultimately reveals what's really there. So um, I think what everyone is saying is, is, is powerful and so spot on. I don't want to belabor this, but is there any other thoughts just concerning maybe even, um, and maybe we don't want to expose anyone too much here, but how the light of Christ is sh- shown in your own heart, shown in your own life, and you just be like, man, I can't keep that thing hidden anymore. I got I to gotta reveal that. Anything at all? Well, I know a person who, uh, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. I know a person that, no, no, I mean, like, you know, I'm, I holler at you, you know, like you said, like you said, like, you know, 
Addiction can be a lot of different things, not just sure. like a drug. Sure. Pretty much anything is, is an addiction. Food could be an addiction. Yes, sir. Someone Show giving you attention. attention. Yeah, yeah, shows, absolutely. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's just something we run to, uh, hopeless, you know, just like feeling alone. You know, so about, but like, like you said, it's exposing it. Yeah. And, you know, um, same wants to keep you feeling helpless, feeling alone. Yes, sir. Feeling like, yes, you sir. know, um, that, like, I'm going to say, like, as far as for me, because I, 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 I don't care what anybody thinks, like I told you, I, like, the person that, that I care about judging me is the one that could send me. Yep. It gives me the choice whether I want to go to heaven or hell. Correct, so yeah. Like, um, I didn't, um, man, I forgot what I was going to say. Definitely, I should have forgot what I was going to say. Anyway, but, um, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, um, I, I don't know the point is, Michael, and without even exposing too much, I'll, I'll do this for you because we, we and I have had conversations. Yeah. Is that there needs to be within Christendom a peace and, and, a, and a willingness between brothers and sisters to be like, hey, look, this is what's going on. This is where I'm struggling. This is, this is the areas of, of darkness, or areas I'm trying to keep hidden. And I need to be able to communicate that with someone else so that, as Tremel was saying, I can find not just accountability. But if necessary, find real correction and, and instruction on the next steps that I need to take. And this is why, as believers, it is not our job to condemn people for their, dark, their darkness, but it is our job to expose the darkness. Yeah. Because a lot of times, we got blinders out. We can't even see many times the, the darkness that is there. This is why Jesus tells us, look, he doesn't tell us we can't go and get the speck of dust out of someone else's eye. He just tells me, before I go get that speck of dust, get the plank out of my own first. Make sure I've judged myself first. Make sure I've looked in the mirror first. And then now I can see more clearly to go and then get help my brother or sister with the speck of dust in their eye. And so it is very important that as Christians that we don't let people continue to live in their sin or in their struggle or in their shame. It's very important because maybe they don't know. Maybe they are or maybe they justified it and they made excuses for it. And we need to help expose that. So I think uh, for uh, some people in this room would tell you that if I know something's going on in their life, they know I'm not going to hold back. They know I'm not going to be like, Oh, well, I'm praying for you. Like, what, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Uh, tell me. How can I, what, what, what can I do to help you? What can I do to bring you out of that? So I don't need anybody saying amen in this room because that means you'll, you'll expose what we've talked about. But <laughs> the point is just simply that's what, I'm, that's what we're meant to do as brothers and sisters in faith. Uh, let me wrap this up because I'm, I'm running short on time. Miss Tracy's going to want to kick us out in a moment. So let's, uh, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Verse 18. Let's look at 18, 19, and 20 again. Okay. 18, 19, 20. Read this way. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life or that will lead to debauchery or excessiveness. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything uh, to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Okay, let's unpack this just for a moment. All right? Paul's grammar here is this. He says, instead of getting drunk, because that can lead to all sorts of other things, okay? Debauchery, excessiveness. Debauchery has to do with more indulging all sorts of sensual pleasures, sometimes sexual pleasures. Who knows? I mean, those of you who have been just flat out drunk, I mean, like, you know, just like unconscious drunk, who knows what those things that took place in, in those moments? You've seen people like that. I've, I've heard of situations where people have gotten drunk and then they've been People, other people taking advantage of them completely. They don't, even, they don't even have any recollection of it. Okay, don't be drunk. Paul, uh, Paul's teaching, but instead, there's a 
I don't want to say an alternative. He's given us really what we were created for, to be filled with the Spirit, okay? Mm. And, and I love this term because it's actually the, the verb here is constant, to be constantly filled with the Spirit, okay? Not, not just a one-time thing. I got filled with the Holy Ghost one time I spoke in tongues, no. Mm. But to be filled with the Spirit on a daily basis, to, to, to get filled up. And so um, I guess I want to ask this, what does constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit look like in your daily life? What does it look like you to to get filled up with the Holy Ghost? Much like when you go, my, my tank's almost on empty. I got to get to the gas station and get filled up. What does it look like for you to be filled with the Spirit? Maybe on a daily or weekly basis. What does it look like for any of you? It's really, go, well, go ahead, Pastor. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, just relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because constantly talking, acknowledging, letting. With me, I always, and I don't want to like make this sound like I'm belittling the term, but like almost like coaching, you know, coaching you, telling you where to go, where to think, pay attention here, what's going on there. And so that's that constant communication and um, knowing that it's very present in my life. Um, just that's relationship. Okay. So for you being filled with the Holy Spirit is just having daily relationship with him, yeah. daily communion with him. Absolutely. Absolutely. other I'm sorry. Not able to feel like. I think another way to like, Kind of make it an everyday thing is especially for me personally what i've started to do is not just like read scriptures and stuff but like to actually pray at least twice a day is nice. what i want to do because nice i kind of want to make it to where it's kind of like how i'm communicating with one of my friends like i wouldn't just <laughs> talk to my friend one day a week and then just leave them in the darkness for the rest and then talk to them again in another week that's not how relationships are built up and maintained yeah. So I think if we have that kind of mindset, excuse me, there's something in my throat. When you have a relationship with uh, the Lord, you kind of want to have the same sense of urgency mm. so that you can keep building that up as well. Well said, sir. Amen. Right on. Daily being filled. Right on. Nadia, do you want to speak to that as well? Um, I was just going to say, like, I'll notice it, like, uh, in my conversations. And, like, I'll say stuff and I'll be like, that wasn't me or whatever. Mm. And, like, the Holy Spirit will, like, guide me and stuff or, like, be like, He'll just, I, like, I'll just know, like, he's, like, saying something to me or something. But um, I'm very, like, intentional with it. And, like, also, like, fasting is, like, a really important aspect for that for me. Because it's, like, like, before, like, my New Year's resolution at the beginning of the year was, like, to fast, like, once a month. But then, like, as I kept getting closer to God, it was, like, I can't afford to not fast at least, like, once a week and stuff like that. And it's, like, the more you get filled, like, the more you want to, like, empty, like, the flesh part of yourself. Come on, sister. So you can have space for the Holy Spirit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Amen. I love it. Well, to have space for the Holy Spirit. Okay. Got to fast. Woo. This generation is uh, uh, pray catching on to the importance of that spiritual discipline of fasting. Amen to that. Any other any other thoughts about that? What does it mean for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis? For me, yeah, please. it's, um, you know, going to work, you know, like uh, just... Um, my routine typically is to uh, talk to my sisters in the morning, okay. uh, to my sister, so that like every day. And there's times when like I'm like, okay, no, I need to get like a worship song in before I call her because otherwise, <laughs> you know, like I, I, I'm just going to, you know, um, you know, miss it, you know, after that. And just for me, just that that's that's kind of you know. Um, the movie, uh, the war room. Okay. Like yeah. my truck is my war room. You know, like that's my place where I cry when I yell when I nice. you know do all of the craziness <laughs> there. Uh, my complaints and everything. So um, yeah, but you know, like um, also you know like uh, 
being uh, prayerful, you yes, know, like, yeah, with kids it's really hard, and, uh, you know, and that time of just prayer time is it's the bathroom, <laughs> you know, and, and it is what it is, you know, like, every now, but just, just, I can't go on with my day if I'm not at least one time during the day getting on my knees. Yes, amen. And just, I I never fully understand how Christians can go Sunday to Sunday without being filled with the Spirit of God. I just it, to me it almost just seems like how do you make it? And then you look at their life like ah you're not making it, okay? <laughs> you're waiting till next Sunday hoping that getting filled on Sunday will be enough to keep you the next six That's days. Correct, correct. Yeah. That is religion one hundred percent. And and I'll get my fix again. Next week, I'll become an addict, if you will. Okay, I'll get my next my next fix. And the spirit of, the spirit of God is available to us twenty four seven. Okay, he, he is here available to us. And here's what I've learned to do, along with fasting and, and asking the Holy Spirit to fill me, is I, I pray in the spirit. I pray in the I, you pray in tongues or, but what I'm saying is I, I activate the spiritual gifts on my life. I say, Holy Spirit, I need you. So gifts of wisdom, I believe uh, the Holy Spirit has given me. And, and I say that because I, I don't have a degree hanging on my wall from, from some seminary or a Bible college. If you do, awesome. I don't have that. I need the Holy Spirit to give me wisdom because I'm in a position to instruct others. And so when I'm operating, when I operate in those gifts and I put my gifts into practice, I'm finding myself, Holy Spirit, I need you to fill me. Fill me. And this allows me on a daily basis to be available to what the Holy Spirit needs. Now, I'm not saying I'm not filled with anger at times. I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not filled with, with uh, I want to beat someone senseless. I'm not saying I don't feel those things from time to time. Simply saying, Holy Ghost, woo, help me out here, okay? Help me out here because I'm, I'm ready to lose my mind on somebody and I, I need you to fill me to overflowing because that's that's not just the alternative. That's the instruction, okay? I don't I don't choose wine. I, I choose anger. That's, that's kind of my my thing or I don't choose wine I choose sugar I love sugar okay or I don't choose wine I, I'll just lock away uh, from everything and just isolate myself that's no instead be filled with the spirit of God and so again maybe your issue isn't wine but whatever that is the, not the alternative but the instruction is be filled with the Holy Spirit so I want to show these three things real quick and then I will wrap this thing up in prayer but here's what he says Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And then it, it almost seems odd that he starts to talk about psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and submitting to one another. But look at this. He's telling us, if I'm going to be filled with the Spirit, and if I have, that means I have a Spirit-filled life. And if I have a Spirit-filled life, I have these three things. You've taken notes, write these things down. I have these three things. I have worship. I have gratitude. And then I have submission. When I'm filled with the Spirit, it is marked by these three things in my life. I worship. I have gratitude and submission. Okay? Because look at the, the next three verses that falls. He says, look, when we're filled with the Spirit, we actually have a desire to want to worship the living God. Yeah. I can tell you got the Holy Ghost in you yeah. because you, you're not making it about your gift. You're making it about God. You want to worship God with that gift. And so we got this connection between being filled with the Spirit and praise and worship. It's, and it's so powerful because those who are filled with the Spirit, you're naturally going to worship God. And, and then when I begin to praise God, I get filled with the Spirit. So it's almost like this cyclical thing 
that begins to happen in my life. So when I'm filled with the Spirit, it's proof that I'm a worshiper, that I, I want to do it. And he goes on to say, look, there's a, a myriad of ways I can do this. Singing songs. And look how creative this gets. Okay, this is some spun. Naughty, this is kind of what we are. We're like spontaneous worshipers. Okay, we just kind of just kind of break out like that. Okay, we're boom, it just these hot psalms, hymns, spiritual songs just kind of get stirred up on the inside of us. Yeah. I can tell you're filled with the spirit because all of a sudden you just break out of hallelujah. It's like what, what, what is happening right now? Oh, you're filled with the spirit because the spirit within you, Holy Ghost within you, is it's just pushing you to praise yeah. God and spont spontaneity begins to happen. Creativity begins to happen. I love at times during our worship, uh, sometimes during worship practice or even worship services. Well, the Spirit of God inside of us just starts giving us creative lyrics and creative melodies, and we just start running with that. You can tell we're filled with the Spirit. And I need to, everyone to know this. this is why he says making melodies in your heart unto the Lord, because if you can't sing with a beautiful voice like Nadia, you can still make a beautiful melody in your heart unto the Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. I don't, I don't have to have Miss Tracy's heavenly pipes. I've got in my heart. Okay, in my heart, I can still make melody unto the Lord. And, and it's a beautiful thing to him. Then he goes on to say this. He says, literally, the one who's filled with the Spirit is going to be filled with thanksgiving. You're going to be filled with gratitude. Giving thanks always. I can tell the Holy Ghost has is, is filled you up because you're not complaining. Ladies and gentlemen, let's be honest. The people out here complaining all the time, they're clearly not filled with the Holy Ghost. Being filled with the Spirit leads you to constantly praising and giving thanks and being grateful. Those people that aren't filled with the Holy Spirit, they're the ones always complaining, always, always bickering, always, always belittling. And this ultimately tells us, I'm, I'm thankful because I'm filled with the Spirit of God. He's constantly reminding me of God's goodness in my life. And then lastly this, and we'll talk about this just, just for brief and we'll wrap this up. Spiritual life is marked by worship, by gratitude, and the last one. And this is heavy. Submission. Submit. Ladies and gentlemen, Christians in the room, Christians online, what does Paul mean by this heavy word, submit to one another? What does he mean by this? And, and how do we do that? How do we submit to other, other believers without feeling like we're being walked on? Without feeling like we're being taken advantage of? Without feeling like we're being abused? Let's talk about this real quick. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Talk to me. Well, I think first and foremost, um, the way to submit is... He says that we are to do it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus yes, gave us the example of how to submit. Oof. He was able to submit to everybody by going on the cross and taking on the sacrifice while everybody was like spitting in his face. Yes, he sir. put thorns on his head and vice versa. So I think by following his example, we can submit to others in the same way. Wow, the way he submitted to the will of God and, and, and literally laid his life down in submission for all of us. Well said, sir. In reverence. Uh, to Jesus Christ. Amen. What else? What else we got? Yes, sir. Uh, I think a big thing that has to do with this is humility. Mm. Because uh, like, one example would be like it's like another Christian is trying to keep you accountable for something you're struggling with. You got to be humble enough to accept that without Preach. like getting offended or getting angry <laughs> about that. Yes, sir. Well said. Keep going, Michael. You're on it. No, absolutely. You're on it. Yeah. Amen. I love what you're saying because de depending on who it is, usually if a pastor comes, you might not be so quick to be offended. But if you got a fellow brother or sister coming to you, and they're like, we need to talk about this. Mind your own business. You know? <laughs> well, I'm trying to, but the Spirit of God is revealing that you need me to help mind your business right now and, and, and help you out. So I get it well said, Michael. Humility, I think, brings us to that place where, okay, I can submit to, to fellow believers in Christ. But what does that look like? Because I've also seen this mystery. We've been in church long enough. What does that look like for almost... Almost like people are taking advantage of, of my willingness to to be submissive in that way. And now they're abusing me. Now they're now they're you know they're taking advantage of of, of 
of, of my desire to be Christ-like in a way. You got any thoughts on this, Tracy? We've been in church forever, so what does that look like in terms of... So in those situations, I just remember that I'm serving the Lord. Amen. Amen. I couldn't put it any better. I'm not, I'm not serving man. I'm not working for man. I'm serving the Lord. My reward is going to come from the Lord. But I want to encourage everyone, never let anybody make you a doormat. Okay? I encourage that. Don't let them make you a doormat. Okay, Submission doesn't mean getting walked on all the time. So, Yes, ma'am. Um, I just wanted to add what my version says, in the fear of God. And I yes. think that goes back to what was said earlier about if he's, is he Lord of your life or not? If he's Lord of your life and you're fully submitted to him, then you don't have a problem like submitting to somebody else here on earth because you know who you're your Lord is so whether they whatever they say to you however they treat you I mean obviously you don't want to be mistreated and let people mistreat you but in the end it's like if he's the Lord of your life then it doesn't really matter like I don't have a problem submitting to anybody else here because you're no yeah and in particular let's be clear about this the submission isn't to anyone in the world the, the submission is not just to to the people around this is submission to one another yeah. in reverence Th those who reverence Christ as well it becomes easy the, the reason that I can serve anybody it's because, yes, I'm submitted to Christ. I'm serving the Lord. And the reason that, isn't this beautiful? Because when it's true submission, I submit, you submit. Yeah, that's what I was we're all saying. getting lower. Yeah, we're, 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 all, we're all submitted yeah. to, to the yeah. Lord. And so then we don't have a problem submitting to each other. So when we see somebody domineering, yeah. okay, it was, oh, okay, wait a second. Maybe you're not really operating in full submission just yet because you're taking advantage of me. Yeah. Okay, where's the, where's the, where's the fellow submission? Submission one to another. another. Yeah. So I just want to encourage that. Okay, if you're always doing the submitting, in terms of Christian relationship, and you're not getting that back, okay, that brother or sister hasn't yet learned the the power of submission. And again, are they even filled with the Spirit of God? Because if, if they're filled with the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will lead them to this place of let's submit to one another. And we're not even getting into the next couple of verses tonight, Pastor Olga, where wives submit uh, to those as unto the Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, can't wait for that conversation. Here we go. To, to be continued. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and we'll make sure that we define submission from a biblical position. Yeah. Okay, because that we can't just take words out of context and apply them any which way, like we've seen Christians do for yeah. two thousand yeah. years. Yeah. Okay. Because a husband's role is harder. Yeah. He's supposed to love yeah. his wife like Christ, Christ loves, loves the, the church. church. Right. Yeah. Pastor is jumping the gun here, but yes, we will get to that. Yeah. But feel free at any time. Don't wait for two weeks. Read those scriptures now. Okay. Because it will only help uh, your home life. In terms of, of your married life, wives submitting to husbands, husbands loving your wives, Christ loved the church and gave himself. We're talking, that's real submission right there, giving yourself. So, as Shamal said a moment ago. All right, we've kind of got through 21 verses, and I want to pray over these verses with everyone in the room. But is there any other thoughts, any other comments, anything I'm missing? Of, there's online? a lot of good comments, but I feel like they're coming really late. Okay. I think it's a glitch in this. Yeah. Okay. A little glitch in yeah. the system. But Sorry, buddy. We'll go back and read them all. Thank you for your comments. And those who are online participating, thank you for staying with us, but we apologize. It is what it is. Okay. Yeah, it, I've uh, seen a lot of comments, yeah. Okay. Awesome. And I'll go back and look at them. Thank you. So, anything else in the room tonight? I, I just, with the submitting, I just wanted to add, I feel like it really is realizing that as you went back and forth with uh, Ephesians 1 and 5, 1. Yes. You know, being coming into God's family and realizing that there's a head and there's one that takes care of one thing in this yes. home and there's another one that takes care of something else and we are all dependent on each other to make this work. And I, I feel like in the body of Christ, if we submit to each other, it's just understanding who we are, what our place is, 
if you know whatever the body you know the bible talks about us being as a body the body of christ and yeah. and no part of the body is you know not important yes, every part is important and if i can just imagine like the times when people dislocate an arm like how painful that is because that arm <laughs> is supposed to be in that place it's not supposed to go down to the foot or any and i feel like in submitting to each other's understanding that what i do or what you do is valuable to all of us right. and if we submit to each other whatever that position or whatever the the situation demands it's understanding like it's good i depend on you you depend on me and we're in this together that's good Just amen like in a home and in a body Amen. I need my foot to function. Yes, ma'am. Like, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, said as one who has separated his shoulder, I can attest to the pain. <laughs> uh, you can you, use it. Correct. And you need it. Correct. Uh, absolutely. I, I had my arm in a sling and still had to lead worship with one hand. So I just, oh, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I know what that's like. Having said that, this idea here of being filled with the Spirit is what we're just always wanting to encourage, a constant infilling of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because he will lead you to worship. He will lead you to gratitude. He will lead you to submission. And and ultimately, again, no one is above anyone else. In, in the military, I don't know if anyone in this room has joined the military, but in the military, what ends up happening is you give up your individuality. You say, I'm joining something bigger. I'm submitting. Yes, there might be people of higher rank, but you say, I, this is no longer about me. I'm joining something bigger than myself. And we're, we're the body of Christ. We've joined something bigger than ourself. And so the submission comes from, I might not have the highest rank, but I, I'm here to submit. It's no longer yeah. about me. Okay, It's about the one that's at the head. And in this case, it's the body of Christ. He's the head of the body. And so every, we are submitting to him. Every part is important. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I need my hand. I need my foot. I need my elbow. I need my knees. I need, I, I need my mouth, my yeah, eyes. I need, I need it all. I, I, <laughs> I, I, if you're a butt cheek in, in the body, be the best butt cheek you can be in the body. Amen, Michael. Amen. Amen. We need it all. We need it all. Somebody's got a cushion for me to sit down. Amen. Well said, sir. Amen. Every, every part, every joint supplies is what the Bible says. It doesn't give us too many descriptions about the, the backside and all like that. But, but also, we are, we're many members. Amen. So, Let's take some time tonight. Let's pray, and then we're going to wrap this up again. Thank you, Miss Tracy, for opening your home to us. Thank you, everybody. So, thank you, everyone who's watching and being a part of this tonight. Thank you to Justice. Uh, he's, he's over here manning the, the camera and the audio, so thank God for Justice David Becker. Amen. Wherever we are right now, you want to join hands with somebody, lay a hand on the shoulder, um, you know, put that spoon down from that awesome chili Miss Tracy made, and let's, uh, <laughs> let, let's pray over each other tonight. So grab hold of somebody if you can. Join hands with somebody if you can, if you're physically able. Yep. And everyone watching tonight, I just want to speak blessings over you. I want to speak uh, the word of God over you tonight as well. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we have together. We thank you for your word. Your word is life. It is powerful. Right now, as I join hands, my brothers and sisters are by faith as I join with you over the internet, uh, over social media. God, I pray that in these moments right now that you would allow us just to sense your spirit drawing us, correcting us, healing us, helping us. Holy Spirit, do your work within us so that we can be children of the light, so that we can walk in the light. Right now, I speak this over every one of us that are watching and in this room. Right now, I pray that we will be imitators of God. Yes, sir. I pray that we will recognize we are his dearly loved children. I pray that we will live our own lives filled with his love and follow the example of Jesus. I pray that there will no longer be any kind of sexual morality or impurity or greed 
amongst us. I, I pray that, that these kind of things will have no place amongst God's people. No more what we call the foolish talk and the, the, the coarse joking. And instead of there be thankfulness. Here, I, I pray that, that, that when people look at us, they, they will recognize that we're part of the kingdom of God. That we don't, we're not idolaters. We're not greedy. We don't worship things of this world. We worship the true and living God. I pray that moving forward, we will stop making excuses for the sins in our life because we recognize God's anger is going to come upon everyone who's disobedient. I, I pray that moving forward, that, that we will be so full of light and, and that, that we will, even in our own walk, that we will help expose those evil intentions as the light shines on them. But we will do so with grace and humility in our brothers and sisters' lives. I pray that, that more than ever before that we will not be drunk with anything of this life. I don't just mean physical wine or alcohol. I mean, we won't be drunk with worry. We won't be drunk with despair. We won't be, we won't be drunk on, on making money. We won't be drunk on position and, and being seen. We will, instead, we will be filled with the Spirit of God. And Holy Spirit, I believe that as you fill us up, the proof that you are within us is that we will respond with worship. Come on, somebody. We will make melodies in our heart unto the Lord, singing hymns, spiritual songs. I believe that the proof that we're filled with the Holy Spirit is that we're going to give thanks in everything. There's no reason to complain. There's no time to complain. It doesn't even, it, my complaints don't affect God, but my thanksgiving moves his heart because he realizes I'm grateful, Lord. I don't yet see the answer, but I know you're working, so I say thank you, Jesus, for every promise that is still to come. And lastly, Father, teach us what it means to be in real submission to one another. Not to this world, not, not, not to governments, but in submission to one another out of our reverence our honor out of our fear of you, Most High God. And I believe we're going to be the kind of church in these last days that is so filled with the Holy Ghost that, uh, that, that darkness has no place, drunkenness has no place, envy and complaining has no place. But I believe moving forward, God, we're going to be so filled with your Spirit that the world is going to look on us and say, wow, I want what they have. Because what I have isn't enough. What I have doesn't satisfy. But what they have gives them peace, gives them joy, gives them victory. And Holy Spirit, that's you in our lives. So fill us overflowing in these last days. Thank you, Thank you, Father. Lastly, family, I just speak blessings over every one of you. Blessings over your health. Blessings over your marriages and your, your children and your parents. Blessings over your, your home life. Blessings over your careers, your businesses, your jobs. I pray that you will see the hand of God at work constantly. Because in these last days, God is working all things together. For good to those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. We thank you tonight, Father. We pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lastly, blessings over Tremel, over Miss Tracy, over this home. We thank you for it, God. Bless this family. We thank you, Lord, for this time we've had in your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let all God's people say amen. 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 Family, we love you all. Thank you, Miss Tracy, again for opening your home. And uh, thank you, everybody who's been with us online or you're watching the replay. God bless you. Stay in the word. Stay in worship. Stay thankful. Stay submissive. Right, God bless you. We'll see you soon.